ಮಂಗಳಂ ಗುರುದೇವಾಯ ದೇವೇ ಮತ್ರಿಕ್ಷ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಭಕ್ತ ಬೃಂದೇವ್ಯೋ ಸರ್ವಲೋಕಾಯ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಓಂ ಸ್ಥಾಪಕಾಯ ಚರ್ಮಸರ್ವಧರ್ಮಸ್ವರೂಪಿಣಿ ಆವತಾರವರಿಷ್ಠ ರಾಮಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಸೊ ವೀಕ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಸ್ಯಾಟರ್ಡೇ ವಿ ಟಕ್ ಅ ಲಿಟಲ್ ಬ್ರೇಕ್ ಇನ್ ವಿ ರೆಡ್ a few chapters from the Sri Ramakrishna Shri Sri Ramakrishna Kathamrita uh that was very nice actually because uh all the points exactly we'll be discussing tonight Sri Ramakrishna already discussed and that's the uniqueness exactly the Kathamrita the gospel of Sri Ramakrishna it's a we always tell people it's a living book whatever you're thinking whatever you're just you're thinking about whatever you're struggling with whatever you want to talk about from myself if you open it up it will be it will almost invariably talk about that so like we found that to be the case last week also <coughs> so we've been reading uh for many months now this uh studying this uh, narada bhakti sutra uh and so tonight we'll do the last 10 verses so we'll finish this uh, topic narada bhakti sutra <coughs> so after this you're all supposed to have pure devotion <laughs> which lead to immediate self realization so let's see how it goes tonight and uh uh and so the this uh, narada bhakti sutra is 84 verses so we've done up to 73 uh, as of a couple weeks ago but it's good to remember because so many topics of course only one topic is discussed bhakti right opening verses now a discussion uh or ex- uh, now we will explain or discuss bhakti but it's good to remember what's what's really the point of the text as we're as we're closing it up right wrapping it up what is the 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 uh, intention what is the uh the purpose what do they call the bottom line or i guess words like that you know what's the the uh the main point and so the the first uh, in this in verse 2 uh it gives the definition of what is meant by bhakti any remember that yeah, what is it you're right you're not going to say over the sanskrit right it says uh parama prem swarupa right its form its nature is supreme love parama prema and this para or parama para we know like paramatma means supreme soul or it's supreme so the so, so parama prem means supreme what supreme prem means the highest possible thing is supreme right uh the the highest in the category that's the supreme para also means transcendent right so it means what's transcendent means means it's of a different category right uh, or also para also means other right so you then we think of prem or love right narada starts not that that's not what i mean another type of love right and so within that name he gives an other type of love something that's or uh, or parami as transcendent means not materialistic uh, which we normally think of love right and parama as in supreme the highest possible extreme of love that is called prema and so uh so narada starts uh, this is a desirable thing right such a thing exists right and it's uh, desirable to attain and uh so why is it desirable so next few verses i'm just going to read two three verses from the beginning to to set the reason why we've been studying this this is first it says parama prema rupa amrita swarupa right its nature is amrita right on so amrita of course we're going back many weeks now but amrita means uh, eternal 
right, without death or unchanging, right, to be an amrita without, it also means nectar. So its nature is pure nectar, or its na nature is unending, or eternal, beyond time. These are all reference. these are all uh, commentary on what it means to be parama prema, it's amrita, it's nectar. Its nature is nectar, its nature is immortal, or its nature grants immortality, right? Pum siddho bhavati, Amrito bhavati, tripto bhavati. It, 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 uh, on attaining that, one becomes siddho bhavati. One becomes perfect. Right, siddho, siddha. When one attains everything, one has been struggling. Sadhana is a struggle to attain something, and siddha is attaining. So everything we're we're struggling to attain. If you have bhakti, this parama bhakti, amrita swarupa, parama prema rupa, that. Everything you're struggling for, you get. Amrita Siddho Bhava Bhavati. Amrita Bhava. It gets grants immortality. Tripto Bhava. Tripto means it, it means it grants satisfaction. Right? That which we're hankering for, we're constantly, that's the nature of human condition, we're constantly hankering after something. Right? It satisfies our real hunger. Uh, uh, upon attaining which, one does not desire anything, one does not lament. One does not hate. One does not enjoy selfishly. One does. One does not become materialistically enthusiastic. Meaning, not not mean that somebody becomes lazy, right? It means that one that one's hunger for material action reduces, right? Knowing which, what is that? Knowing which, it could be God, right? Knowing God, but actually, knowing which means knowing this devotion, this this highest level of God. One becomes matto bhavati. Intoxicated, right? But one becomes like drunk, right? Intoxicated. One becomes stubdho bhavati. One becomes stunned, overwhelmed, speechless, right? Choked, right? These are the words, right? One be an amrit atmaramu bhavati. One becomes completely self-satisfied. One gets pleasure from the self. That's a verse. That's a reference to a verse in the Gita. It's known as the Atmaram verse, right? Uh, uh, and uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Chaitanya Chaitanya gives many definitions of this term Atmarama. What does it mean to be satisfied within one who is a knowledge? The verse says, if I remember the full Sanskrit, but it says one who is a knowledge is Atmarama, satisfied within, right? And then it says it is not the same as Kama. It's not the same as as regular desire. Regular lust, right? Because and because it says it's not, because its nature is nirodha. Yeah, uh, nirodha rupa. Its nature is self-control. So it's not. It's not usually when we when we when we get what we de we desi desire is an out of control emotion, right? Wanting to get something, and once you get it, it's not a. It's not. Uh, one, not, one does not bring satisfaction; it just brings more agitation. Very often, right? So it's a different. These are all different. These are trying to hint that this is completely satisfying. And it's different from normal uh, material emotion, the material desire, material satisfaction, because its nature comes from control. And so I would think actually, we've been. Of course, every, every every no matter what the topic is, we have to go on a tangent, right? That's my nature of my lecture style, right? And my tangent the last three four weeks have been uh, not it's a divine tangent. I've been reading uh, uh, Raja Yoga with Swami Vivekananda, 
And Raja Yoga and Bhakti Yoga are not exactly the same thing. They're not unrelated, right? So usually I think I should have been studying Bhakti Yoga because his book on Bhakti Yoga is brilliant, including, including the translation of Narada Bhakti Sutta he gives. But the last I started a few weeks ago, and so these verses of, of, of Patanjali and Swami Vivekananda's commentary has been there. At one point he says uh, 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 that uh, we think of uh, sattva, rajas, and tamas, right? So tamas is ignorance, inertia, rajas is activity, and motion, and sattva is purity, goodness, like this. So, what he, he, Swamiji points out, to be sattvic isn't to be peaceful, even though it means peaceful. It doesn't mean to be lazy, it doesn't mean to be uh, at rest. It's tremendous work, right? Because, and he gives the example, like, uh, if the hor- if horses are wild, right? If, if if you simply let go of the reins and says, "Oh, everything is fine," right? That that takes a certain amount of, of 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 action. But how much action it takes to control the horses, control and 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 still these horses to be so to have to be actually peaceful, to be actually pure, requires tremendous action, tremendous act of will, restraint. Right, so even to have to to, to have a, a pure sattva guna requires tr- it's the highest amount of activity, right? Uh, so that's so that's nature. This type of bhakti, this type of purity, comes from tremendous self-control, right? But that self-control, unlike classical raja yoga, is not just not based entirely on will, right? Will develops, but it comes from what the Gita calls a higher taste, right? Uh, uh, uh. He says the senses are very difficult to control, but it becomes even if one controls the Gita says even if one controls the senses, and 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 restrains their actions, still the taste for them is still there, right? But says, but that taste disappears when you one one experiences a higher taste, right? So bhakti yoga is based upon this. Once you attain the highest taste, when satisfied, right? So one's material, one's hankering disappears. When 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 you have, when you're looking for amrita, we're looking for the the endless, uh, eternal, infinite uh, object of, of desire. When that's attained, uh, uh, anything else, all other desires go down. So the type of self-control mentioned is a little different. It's not just oh, I'm not going to do something. I'm going to do something. That's called willpower, right? But it's like my willpower is to use it by focusing with with which the verses we'll talk tonight. Uh, uh, Narada says the positive things of sadhana, how to use our willpower properly to focus on devotional activities and devotional contemplation, uh, then that's how we use our willpower, right? We use a will to, 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 uh, to put our mind time to time on something divine, not time to time, all the time on something divine. And when we get a taste, we get an attraction, we get an attachment for some higher experience then automatically the mind is controlled. No need to struggle independently. So I'm going to put aside 74 verses, and 72 verses, and take up where we left off. So <coughs> last week I only read one verse, and then we jumped into the Katamrita. It says, Varu Navalambaya. Lambia. Varu. Varu. Varu here means debate. It means discussion or preaching. Right, Vad uh, uh, comes from um, uh, uh, teaching, discussion, philosophy. All this is Vad. Uh, we get a word like uh, we have like Advait Vad, Maya Vad, Bhakti Vad. These are different uh, teachings, right? Uh, conclusions and teachings of different texts and different sects. So Vado, this Vado, this type of debate or discussion, right? 
uh, na, not, uh, avalambia, engaged. Right, we shouldn't have first one now, so I forgot to mention, all the previous verses are giving definitions and, 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 and glorifying bhakti as a highest path, its own rewards, its own uh, uh, proof, all these different things we've discussed. How, how it awakens in the heart by the, primarily by the mercy of saints and devotees, by the mercy of the Lord, the, the dangers of, of, of bad company, the importance of good company, things we discussed. Now this last ten verses is positive instruction, direct instruction. Not advice, direct, this is guru instruction. First thing is don't debate, right? Don't overly debate, don't argue the points, right? right. So, one should not indulge in debate. Vado nava na avalambhyaha. One should not engage in debate. <coughs> now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't think, right? We're also thinking, we're, just, we're thinking about these things, right? We have to think, have to... Uh, it's not that we should be uh, there's a danger if you don't have a little philosophy right then religion becomes fanaticism right uh, it can easily become fanaticism actually a lot of philosophy can also make you fanatic <laughs> right but it becomes but also what happens without philosophy without some understanding religion becomes sentiment sentimentalism also right it's not well thought out it's not it shouldn't be shallow Right, and it shouldn't because once you take an ob object of of, of, con uh, of religion, and you emote, that's all you need. You need something to think about, and then you emote, 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 emote. Right? It doesn't, but that's not, and so you get some experience of that of that emotion, but it's not, uh, it's not uh, uh, not fully reliable. Right? So there's a danger in in accepting anything and everything foolishly. Right? But but. So that's not what's being meant here. Not that type of re reasoning or discussion or debate. It's this argumentative uh, nature. Uh, not only we debate, we sometimes will debate people of other views. That's the most common. This manifest primarily is debate with other people's points of view, right? So this is our philosophy, and what's your f and you and then we challenge other people's philosophy, right? Hmm. Intelligent, Intelligent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what it is like? Oh, like you know, like what's what like uh, what's on what's on the news right now? Somebody made some stupid statement about Jesus being white and Santa Claus being white. Now, a thousand people are discussing. It's they're they're discussing it to, to become the statements ridiculous and discussions are also ridiculous. The fact that we're discussing it is ridiculous, right? It's, it has no value, and everybody thinks, oh, now this is now this is our new struggle of our culture, right? And and, and proof of this and, and proof of our view and our intelligence like this. But it has actually no real value, right? So those type of discussions aren't helpful, right? Uh, uh, for starters, they're a waste of time. That's the first point, right? Th such meaningless discussion, seemingly meaningful, meaningless discussions are a waste of time. But the next verse says, actually, uh, 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 well, I will, I'll read it in a second, but it says actually that, that they're inconclusive. Right, because after all this, you know, it's on my Facebook feed, right? All the like, then everybody's like, "Yes, see, nobody's been convinced either way, right?" Everybody goes, "Yeah, one of the, our side made a good, witty point, right? That that shows something. It's not nobody's nobody's minds are very few people's minds are being changed, right?" And like, and and once you realize, oh, whatever whatever the ethnicity and skin color and the social. Uh, uh, 
reasons for beliefs and such skin colors, once that's satisfied, we're no closer to being saved by the salvific teachings and sacrifice of Jesus. It has almost nothing to do with it, right? So it's important, but not important for a devotee, right? So that type of discussion, or even more harsh is most more, more, more common in the world is uh, other people's religious views are wrong. Not only wrong, they're, they're like diabolically wrong, right? Catastrophically wrong. If you're wrong, like there's people who very much believe that what I'm saying, if it's, it's one thing if what I'm saying is not true, but because I'm saying it and it's not, not just not true, it's damning. Right, uh, this, to, to think this, to think, let people think something wrong, what's the big deal, right? But some people hold that to think something wrong means that your, your actually soul will be damned forever, for eternity, right? So that's not a very healthy, <laughs> constructive view, right? So this is one type of, uh, of meaningless type of discussion. And also you have to analyze where is that nature wanting to have this view that I'm, my, my views are right. Because actually as soon as we have a discussion, if it's a debate, this type of discussion is more of a debate. That's what this bado means. Uh, when you have that type of discussion, what do you do? You take a position, right? And once you've taken your position, then all the reason comes to defend your position, right? And then, and to defend your position means to, uh, uh, defend it against other another position right so you look at all the the commentators of the ancient scriptures like shankaracharya ramani madhavacharya valvacharya what they do they they uh, they have these this is my view of what the gita means right or what the upanishad means and then i'll defeat 72 other philosophies to read shankaracharya's commentary you have to know 72 schools of thought because he defeats the 72 that at that time, the 72 prevalent schools of thought in every verse, that's his goal, right? And it had to be, I mean, I'm not criticizing Shankaracharya, he's, he's uh, uh, we, we cannot uh, repay our debt, but this is, he's not writing on bhakti, <laughs> and that his, his, or his uh, 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 commentaries are not about this verse, for instance, right? <clears throat> so you take a position, defend the position, so that itself is, defeats the sentiment of devotion, right? But it also means another way of interpreting this verse is that of uh, just stuck in, in 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 endless reasoning. Because once you come up with, there's no end to such questioning, right? Or or or, or another way of saying uh, uh, of listening, where we're getting the information about bhakti from the scriptures, from the saints, from other devotees, from guru, right? Uh, 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 from each other also when we get these things we it's not that we shouldn't discuss we should discuss we should question right and and get some clarification on points but there's no end to the questions and there's no end to the clarification right so eventually we have to do something right so once we trust the source and and the information doesn't seem irrational right and crazy or dangerous or culty right then we can then we have to the, the point is to try to do something so even this instruction don't debate we can say, well, we can we can start debating this, this. or we can say, no, okay, Narada is telling us that we should let. Uh, he's a reliable uh, teacher of bhakti, right? Thousands of people uh, over thousands of years have benefited from such instructions, right? So we shall try to uh, to follow these teachings without too much uh, endless reasoning. So it says, Bahu, uh, uh, Bahulia, Avakash Tvat. 
all these views, there's infinite amount. Bahulia, there's unlimited amounts of views. Why should so therefore I can take one stance, but there's I can fight unlimited stance, and I can take unlimited stance. And there's no conclusion. Right? Uh, uh, uh. Such arguments lead to excessive entanglements, entanglements, and is never decisive. Right? It's inconclusion inconclu inconclusive. Right. Because it's not a regular topic we're discussing. We're talking about something that's beyond uh, the, it's beyond the, our conscious, rational mind, the type of experience we're trying to get at. If you remember uh, earlier in our discussion, there were three primary methods of knowledge. Do you remember those? Senses. Yeah, the sense perception. Uh huh. Yeah, so inference, yeah, inference yeah. based upon what we've experienced. Experience. No, that's, that's, and, and the third, the normal thing is verbal testimony. Testimony from reliable sources, right? And so, uh, so when, we, when we learn, to, we can, most of what we know, actually everything we know is from the senses or conjecture based upon those senses, on the senses, right? Uh, inference, right? Logical inference in the senses. But, what, but there's some things that we haven't seen and the only way to know about them, until we directly know, is to trust reliable sources. And talking in religion, who is the reliable sources? Things we don't. Talking about things beyond, if senses are our means of knowing, and we can't know God, and the self, as it's not a limited object that can be perceived by the senses. So how can we know it? So we can think about it. We we can't directly experience through the senses, and our thoughts, our all of our logic is based upon information from the senses. So the rules of logic are, are, are imperfect to know about it. So until we have direct experience, that's the fourth transcendental uh, way of knowing, we can only trust verbal, the, we can trust trusted, we can trust trusted sources, right? And who are the trusted sources? The yogis always say that these are, these are the saints, these are the rishis, right? Uh, rishis, the ancient rishis and the modern rishis, right? So uh, and then we have the fourth is anubhava, direct personal experience, right? But that anubhava is not uh, is not just oh now I, I thought about it now I understand it, right? It's a different category of thought. I can get read something from Swami Vivekananda. I, I'm I'm breaking my my meditation on the Yoga Sutra. Just a little something. I just opened it up this after before puja before uh, arati. I just I was looking up certain verses I was just thinking about in the Yoga Sutra and it opened up on Bhakti Yoga. Sorry. It says to the Bhakta, Sram Vivekananda is saying, uh, is a beautiful section called Spiritualization, the aim of Bhakti Yoga. So that's so what's the goal of Bhakti? Spiritualization. Right, so remember that. To the Bhakta, these dry details are necessary only to strengthen his will. Right. Beyond that they are of no use to him. For he is treading on a path which is fitted to lead him very soon beyond the hazy and turbulent region, regions of reason to the realm of realization. He soon, through the mercy of the Lord, reaches a plane where the pedantic and powerless reason is left far behind, and the mere intellectual groping through the dark gives place to the daylight of direct perception, this Anubhava. <clears throat> he no longer reasons and believes, he almost perceives. He no longer argues, he senses. And is not this seeing God and feeling God and enjoying God higher than everything else? Nay, bhaktas 
have not been wanting, who have maintained that it is higher even than moksha, liberation. And it is also the highest utility. There are people in this world, and a good many of them too, who are convinced that only that, that only that, of, sorry, who are convinced that only that is of use to man, which brings him creature comforts. These are uh, materialists. Every religion, God, etern- even religion, God, eternity, and the soul, none of these have any use to them, since they do not bring them money or physical comforts. To such all those, these things do not go to gratify the senses and appease the appetites. Or, sorry, Swamiji's language is archaic, so it's hard to remember his uh, speech uh, style. To such, all those things which do not go to gratify the senses and appease the appetites are of no use. In every mind, utility, however, is conditioned to its own peculiar wants. To men, therefore, who, want, who never rise higher than eating, drinking, begetting, progeny, and dying, and only, the only gain is in the sense enjoyment, and they must wait and go through many more births and reincarnations to learn to feel even the faintest necessity of anything higher. But to those who the eternal interests of the soul are much higher value than the fleeting interests of the mundane life, to whom the gratification of the senses is but a thoughtless play of a baby, to them God and the love of God form the highest and the only utility of human existence. Thank God there are some s- such still living in the world in two in this world of too much worldliness. So for those who are, uh, uh, somebody saying to those who have wanting to know God and experience God, feel God and to a God is the most important thing. Nothing else matters, right? right. Even all, even the, even too much philosophy, even too much thinking about God, almost not thinking about God, thinking about religion, you could say, is not, not God. Because thinking of a god is one of the primary methods of bhakti yoga. <clears throat> so another point of, 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 of philosophy that in, in there's a verse in the in uh, Yudhisthira speaks in Mahabharata, right? It's very pratistha strutto vimana he says to be uh, to be a philosopher here called a rishi. He's being a little sarcastic, right? In the ancient world, you're not a rishi unless you disagree with everybody. If you, if you agree with what's been said before you, you're not famous. This is also true here. If you want tenure, you want to be you make a name for yourself. You have to come with a philosophy that disagrees with your predecessor, right? Even you have to disagree with your own uh, 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 mentor, your own teacher in school, right? Otherwise, you can't. You won't make a name for yourself. You're nobody unless you disagree. And you define and you and you and you criticize your predecessors and come up something new, right? That Yudhisthira is also saying that even now, and his now is five thousand years back, right? Nobody's considered a rishi or a muni unless his philosophy differs, right? And, but this is after saying, but these differences are in conclusion. Philosophy is inconclusive, right? But then, so what's the solution? Then he says, Dharmasya tatvam nihitam guhayam mahajano. Where is where is this uh, where is the unchanging principle of religion, right? If all the philosophers and the rishis are constantly debating each other and disagreeing with each other, right? Just turn on the news, just watching everybody's everybody just just fighting on every single point, religion or otherwise. Where is the eternal truth of religion? Where is the uh, uh, the uh, uh, says. Uh, uh, 
Guhyam Mahajano he's in the, the it's hidden in the cave or in the heart guha means cave heart hidden all three meanings right of the mahajano these are of the great souls right the real the truth of religion is not in the philosophers and in their philosophies but hidden in the hearts of the great beings the great ones the real the saints right and therefore uh, um, it says gatta sa pantaha therefore you should follow the path they show Right. So rather than debating continuously, eventually you see that you find somebody who knows the way, and you and then they they inside within their own heart they know the way, and up and 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 follow their advice, right up to that. Too much philosophy is gets can be a killer, and I know because I've spent many many years in such debate and arguing, right. <laughs> An example is I've read. Uh, 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 out of ego, I can tell you, I've read a lot, right? There's no reason to tell it without wanting to, let people know that I read a lot, right? So in my life, I've read a lot of books, right? And at one time, I had a very good memory, right? My, my brain has become mushy out of, because of lack of practice, right? So I used to have extremely good memory of what I've read, right? And so uh, I had thousands of books crammed in my brain. Now, slowly, they're being removed, I don't know by spiritual practice or by old age. I'm not quite sure which one, it, which one is happening, right? But uh, 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 so an example: Swami Shivananda has written 300 books in English, right? Uh, and I've read 300 of Shivananda's books very carefully. I can I can tell you at one time I could tell you it was on almost on every page, right? And in every one of those books it says, "Wake up at 4 a.m." Right? This is Brahma Muhurta, right? Sit in uh, sit in the posture with your back straight and chant God's name. And out of those three, every one of the 300 books probably mentioned somewhere, on the, if you know some Shivananda's books, that you should wake up at, at 4 a.m., right? And years reading Shivananda's books, I don't wake up at 4 a.m., right? So knowing that he says it, right, and agreeing that it's true what he says, Right, and being able to tell people and give a lecture on the importance of Swami Shivananda's views of waking up Brahmavarta, but still not doing it. What's the purpose of the book? To do it, right? You know, so you find a soul, you find a soul that you can trust his words, and you do it. Simply to know it doesn't help. To debate it doesn't help. To argue it doesn't help. To challenge it doesn't help, right? Right. So, uh, and, and like everything, I mean, every one of Swami Shivananda's lines is, is it would take a lifetime. You know, like. Uh, what you know? What's on some on the on on every one of on the cover of every book, right? Uh, on on the logo, right? It says, "Be good, do good." <laughs> wow, <laughs> those are that's also not easy. It turns out, <laughs> be kind, be compassionate, inquire who am I, know thyself, be free. These are the simple. Even the opening on on the cover, we can't do, we haven't done, right? We're struggling to do. Right, so what's the value? And there's value. I mean, all those books are designed to we hear again and again to do it. One of his, one of a great book called a book called Sadhana. It's a huge tome, right? It's like the masterpiece of Swami Shivananda. Very uh, harsh. It's like a I call it my shoe beating book. When you need a, when your brain needs a good, needs to be whacked a little bit back into into obedience, into 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 discipline. It's a great book. In one place, he's saying that uh, like this, he's saying, "Do not get caught up in these words and, and 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 in books, right? You should immediately put down this book, right, and and chant and start doing japa from this instant, right." And so, of course, it says that, right. And then the next line says, "The fact that you're reading this is you're disobeying me. Put down the book and and start <laughs> chanting." 
Why haven't you put down the book? Your ego is stopping you. You're, you know, it's like he's assuming. Of course, now you can't stop reading it. <laughs> and it becomes almost comedic, right? But that's the point. Even his own books is telling you, stop reading this book and do what I say. Don't just read and talk about it and discuss it. Right? This is kind of the, the feeling of this, of this verse. One should not indulge in debate. Such argumentation leads to excessive entanglements and is never decisive. <clears throat> Another danger, Sami Bhuteshananda in his uh, class on the uh, on, um, one of the great presidents of the Ramakrishna Mission, he gave a series of classes on Bhakti Sutra. And he says another reason why too much debate isn't useful. It actually creates doubt. Right? It's like if I'm trying to do, if even if I win a debate, right? Those ideas have entered my mind. Right. Uh, that also, like, if, like, if I do, if I, let's say I'm going to debate, I'm going to debate an atheist, right? And 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 we're going to uh, whatever, you know, it's like uh, whatever the topic is. But is hearing those things will create some shake of faith, right? And Sri Ramakrishna, and and also we shouldn't try to shake anybody's faith. That the Gita also says, but we shouldn't allow our own faith to be shaken, right? That's so because this is it's described bhakti. And faith is like a seed. It's like a bija called the bhakti bija. A seed of devotion is there. We have to nurture that, right? And as that, so very easily, when something's young and immature, it can easily be destroyed, right? Eventually, it becomes strong, right? Called the bhakti lata, becomes a creeper of devotion, and then it becomes a tree, right? Yeah, so like a little plant. Sri Krishna says that you when you when you attending a tree, you plant a tree. Or a creeper, you have to fence it so no animals come in and, and eat it. You have to weed it like this, right? But eventually, he says that you can uh, you can tie an elephant to it, right? When it becomes strong, right? You don't have to worry. But, but in the beginning, we have to be a little care a little careful, not. To, but this doesn't mean that we should oh never be in contact with other philosophy. I think that's also not healthy. That's not my view, right? But uh, but we eventually have to. Uh, we should, by entering too much controversy. Our own faith gets, uh, we become distracted and with useless uh, arguments and our own faith can also be damaged. So instead, right, instead of uh, argumentative uh, 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 relationship, this is bhakti shastrani manaya mananiyam, maniyani, right? Bhakti shastrani, the devotional scriptures, like Narada Bhakti Sutta, like Srimad Bhagavatam, like... Uh, 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 the teachings of the saints, Ramayana, Tulsidas's book, Katamrita, uh, Lives of Saints, uh, devotional scriptures should be meditated upon, reflected upon, right? So instead of arguing, they should be. We should we should contemplate. That's the difference. What is it, Herb? Mananiya, mamaniyani. This is it comes from. We should we should meditate, contemplate, think about deeply. Not argue, not debate, not even uh, for, uh, but contemplate. It's very different. So we should we should meditate upon the meaning. So our questions actually we do ask questions to authorities, uh, uh, philosophical questions. When we when we're studying the scriptures and we come upon a problem, we don't something we don't understand. Then we ask and we discuss for clarification, so that we can think about it clear. It's part of our deeper study. And the, the term in the Yoga Sutra for study, anybody know? In, in, in the opening verse it says swadaya, swadhyaya, right? So that's study. Swadhyaya means self-study. So scri- studying of the scripture is meant to be, how does it apply? How do I, 
how does it affect me what can i what should i do right it's a mental it's a form of contemplation it's a form it's not just study for the sake of gaining uh, proficiency sri chaitanya mahaprabhu he gives uh, a beautiful section I'm a long time ago. I think I actually read it, uh, in one of our classes on it. But instructions on bhakti yoga, and he says, one shouldn't memorize verses just for the sake of being able to recite them, right? In or in, in because like if I memorize a verse and if I say it, you'll be very impressed at oh how smart Swami is. He's very scholarly. He knows the scriptures by heart, right? You know, it's like well, that's not what we should learn the scriptures. We learn the scriptures. Right, only to 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 uh, to get nourishment. Right, we we contemplate, we meditate upon them. Bhakti shastrani mananiya mananiyani tad bodaka karmani karaniyani. So and so, devotional scripture should be reflected upon, and udbodaka karmani. And which which karmas should be done? Karmas, the activities should be done, engaged in that ubodaka that inspire us. And the topic is devotion, so that we should engage in those activities that inspire devotion. The books and scriptures and stories that lead uh, devotional stories should be uh, meditated upon, and activities that that awaken devotion should be engaged in. Right? How did I translate? Devotional scripture should be reflected upon, and those actions that inspire devotion, it's not there, but devotion, should be done. So, this is, this is now his instruction. Read the scriptures for uh, devotional meaning, and then engage in which activities? What should we do? The things that awaken devotion, things that inspire us, right? So, what are the things that, what are the type of things that are, that, you know, Narada has mentioned so far, we know, is uh, Kirtan, Puja, Yatra, pilgrimage, right? Uh, uh, Saru Sangha, Bhakta Sangha, being in the company of devotees, right? Reading and studying the scriptures, right? Uh, uh, cooking for God, uh, eating prasad, preparing prasadam, taking prasadam, right? Uh, uh, serving the devotees, having relationships, loving relationships with your devotees, uh, 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 kirtan, japa, meditation. These are things that awaken devotion. Right. Exactly this one thing. What should we, we read? Script, read the scriptures, devotional scriptures, and do things that awaken devotion. That's the basic instruction, right? right. How, how about uh, coming from Ma or coming from uh, the Guru? What's that? Well, actually, that the, the Guru. So this is what the Guru says, right? Is called. We've talked about this term sadhana bhakti, where he tells you, or he she tells you, they tell us. Right, the types of things that help awaken devotion. Right, like for instance, you know, do japa, so many mantras, right? Uh, 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 offer your food, meditate in this way, do you know whatever the sadhana, read whatever the sadhana is. That is called sadhana bhakti. So our way of our devotion, out of devotion, out of love for God and wanting to ha- have experience of God more and more, we engage in these activities. But when devotion awake, these activities awaken devotion. When devotion is awakened, when parama bhakti comes, then there's no need for such instruction. It's already you're already awakened and enlivened, right? Then it becomes this prema bhakti, parama bhakti, what uh, um, Narada calls mukya bhakti, the highest type of devotion, transcendental bhakti, 
So devotional scripture should be reflected upon those actions that inspire devotion should be done. Sukha dukkha, sukha dukkha icha labha. The sukha dukkha. Sukha dukkha, people know Hindi. Happiness, happiness misery. So, so happiness, misery, right? Uh, 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 icha. Icha means will or a desire, right? And labha. Labha means uh, greed. Probably uh, to profit. Profiteering greed. It's a good labha. Right? Adi. And so forth. Tyakte should be given up. Right, so this means this world of means the world these uh, not given up. We we have to live in this world, right? But just this whole world, uh, constantly thinking between happiness and misery, good and bad, and 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 and, and how much energy goes into just just material ambitions of the world, of of, of our just endless desire that never end, endless greed that's never satisfied. Right, and always trying to avoid suffering and trying to get happiness, which only leads to more suffering and frustration and not happiness. You know, that whole world should be tyakta. And then why? Because kala pratishta, uh, one gets more time becomes available. Right? If we give up this, how much energy, how much of our mind goes into material activities? How much time we waste? So we go back to Prahlad's teachings, to uh, Prahlad Maharaj's teachings, to his young uh, five-year-old school friends. Right? He explains to them that in this life of a hundred years, of course, how many of us will live a hundred years? Hopefully all of you will live a hundred years. It's my, my healthy, hopefully, healthy and happy hundred years. <laughs> One time my Guruji blessed uh, our friend Gita. He says, may you live a long life. And Gita says, with health? <laughs> right? And Guruji looked at her and goes, look for a long time. He goes, with health. <laughs> because imagine a yogi's words come true. You live a long life, then you'll live a long life. But what if it's not healthy? <laughs> it could be a curse. So you never have to be careful, right? So it, let's say we live a hundred years. Okay, most of us won't. But if we live a hundred years, how much of that is spent sleeping? Of that, you know, a third of our life at least, right? Eight hours, eight, nine hours, and some of us more, some of us less, right? How much of uh, what's left of that amount of time, how much is spent in youth, in childhood, we're not very serious. We're mostly playing and learning. And, uh, and, and, and then how much will be spent in old age and sickness and anxiety, right? Uh, how much will be spent in, in work, right? Making, uh, satisfying the needs of the body through work and like this, right? So if you start analyzing how much little time we have left for spiritual life. And the saints say, all of them say, and every scripture says, the purpose of human life is God realization, right? And, but how little time do we have? To, to put forth the en- necessary energy to, to have this realization, right? Very little, right? But so, uh, Patanjali's, I mean, I've been reading, but I've been, like I said, I've been studying Patanjali right now. Um, Narada says that by, by reducing or giving up this, this obsession with external work, we should do, we have to do, we have to live in this world in, 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 in a proper way, but this this uh, material hankering, there was so much time will be saved, right? Actually, one of the uh, the Goswamis of Vrindavan, the, the statement that one of the obstacles in spiritual life is to over endeavor for material gain, and we have to work whatever we have to we have to work right to to, to have our material needs met, but over endeavor means trying to, how much we have to work to get something we don't need, right? By reducing our seemingly needs, right? If that, what we actually need, we need a place to live, we need food. We, we, uh, basically, we need a place to live. We need clothes. We need food, right? And and some basic 
basic things uh, for entertainment, right? That's a human, that's also a human need, right? But if we keep that simple, but the only way to keep that simple is that if we're becoming self-satisfied, we're in satisfaction. If we have spiritual satisfaction, then our material needs go down. If our material goes down, then we have to work less, we have to spend less time to satisfy them. Many years ago, I remember sitting, having this very, this is, this is 30 years ago, with Ami Ambikananda and his parents' home, right? I remember having this discussion, actually, right? <laughs> right? This has been our topic for a long time, <laughs> right? I remember it's like, and we were looking at something like this, this beautiful Tiffany lamp that we have, you know, he had, his parents had one. And I said, how much does this lamp cost? Right, and it, it, I knew it may cost you know five, six, seven hundred dollars, right? And this is like, right, I'm a young, I'm young and don't have a very good job, but I get, I got paid at the top of my quote unquote career. I, you know, I was working in retail <laughs> before before my student life. Uh, I got paid ten, fifteen dollars an hour, right? And I work six, eight hours a day for some four or five days a week, you know, as a student, right? So how many how many hours does it take to get to pay for this lamp? Right, and so after I figured it out that time, you know, I remember like how many hours I knew how much it would take to make five hundred dollars. So after so many hours of work, right, over and above what I needed, right, I got a lamp. Right, you know, all that effort and all I got is all I got is this, <laughs> all I got is this lousy lamp, as they say, right, right. So it's like it's, we have worked so hard to get things that we may, may actually don't actually need. If we need them, then we have to work to satisfy them. We have to, to satisfy our physical needs. That's not that's dharmic, but how much time we're actually wasting, right? And that's the question, right? To overly endeavor for things that are un- unnecessary things that are difficult to attain is one of the obstacles. So he's saying by giving this up or trying to give this up, I become a little bit satisfied and having a higher aim. Then so much time is is so much time is gained, right? You can see, it's simple things. Swami Shivananda says, wake up at 4 a.m. You wake up at 4 a.m., how much time is gained? You wake up an hour early, right? And one hour is a huge time, and you can't do much at four, between 4 and 5. You can, nothing good on TV. <laughs> right? You know what to do? What are you going to do? I mean, it's a time, it's a perfect time for spiritual practice. I mean, so much time is gained. Right? Then it says, uh, the end of this line says, uh, where is it? Chana, chana means moment, right? A moment, arda, ardam means half a moment. Chama arda, half a moment, right? Pyartam na neyam should not be wasted. We should not even not only waste a day or an hour or a minute, or not even not even half a moment should be wasted. Right? Because how much? I mean, we we can we can waste half a life or a whole life. We should, but Narada is saying you shouldn't waste half an instant, half a moment, right? So this is that uh, 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 as we when Yogi said, this is, uh, "No uh, Yogi life, no sit down life." <laughs> the, the quote uh, Shiva Rajagiri: "Yogi, no sit down life." Right? It's not it's not a wasting time life, even if you're sitting. You should be not wasting time, right? Right. Uh, uh, the Bajagovindam hymn of Shankaracharya. He says, Bajagovindam, Bajagovindam, Bajagovindam. O foolish person, right? Worship Govinda, worship Govinda, worship Govinda. He says, We do not know when the time of death will come. In an instant, when your voice is choked, 
It's a, he's using a dramatic language. When your voice is choked and you're gasping for air at the time of death, what of all the stuff you've done, how will it help you? All the books you've read, how will they help you? Because actually, actually, some people think that Shankaracharya saw us pundit memorizing uh, grammar rules. Right? And therefore he said, oh, but, oh pundit, worship Govinda in the time of death, your rules won't help you. Right? Only thinking of Govinda will help you. Other people think this is a, a self-instruction. Because Govinda was the name of his teacher, Govinda Pada. Right, so uh, it may have been, you know, follow your teacher, follow the teacher, worship the teacher, meaning follow his teachings, right? And, uh, oh foolish one. Who is the foolish one? His own... Why? Shankaracharya told you, he, he wrote uh, his commentaries, defeats uh, 72 schools of thought, right? And it's entirely based upon grammar. Right? <laughs> he's a, he was a brilliant grammar. Actually, grammar is very important. We cannot understand these verses without grammar. If an uh, ah becomes, becomes an... Uh, and uh becomes an ah, change the meaning, and that, and you know, you can argue all these rules of grammar, right? But the point is, the point of all those, of all the scriptures that we're that we're arguing through grammar is to worship Govinda, right? So at the time of death, when you're literally, when your when your throat is being choked, what will these rules, will the sandhya rules help you? Where the grammar rules help you? Will will our um, uh, our views of whether or not Jesus and, and Santa was black or white help us? <laughs> you know, ultimately, you know, whatever the whatever the latest thing is, right? Uh, 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 we should not waste even half a moment. So, Sri Ramakrishna told his disciples, he says, what do we do as we live our life? He says, you, you, you do your work, do all your duties, right, to family and work and society and pay your taxes, whatever, whatever the duties are, with one hand, right? And then you hold on to God with the other hand, which means don't, even when you're working, you don't have to waste time. Not waste time as even, it means... You can still think of God. So even when we're working, we can remember God. Right? We can remember the, the scripture. We can engage in devotional activities. Simple thing is remembering God's name. That's what a simple activity could be. Right? No matter what we do, right? in the background, the, the mantra, can, God's name can be there. Right? And even if, if, we have, if something requires a full attention, let it give it full attention. That's proper worship also. Right? God has appeared in this work, so I should give it full attention. But then when the work is done, what do we do? We can give, again, put the mind on God. Again, think the mantra. Uh, think of the saints like this. Uh, uh, and, but then he says that when your work is done, then you hold on to God with both hands. Right? He says, work, do your work with one hand, hold on to God. When your work is done, then hold on to God with both hands. This is a Sri Ramakrishna way of saying, don't waste time. Right? Uh, uh, Swami Shivananda, back to his 300 books. Right? And he also put his philosophy into simple songs. And if you know Swami Shivananda's English songs, they're a little corny from the American uh, standard, but they weren't meant to be entertaining, and they were meant to be instructive, right? And one of them says, Be up and doing, be up and doing in yogic sadhana. That's one of the lines, right? right? Be up and doing in yogic sadhana. That's another way Swami Shivananda is saying that not, not to waste time. Be up and doing, right? Just that attitude, be up and doing in yogic sadhana. You will attain uh, supreme bliss. That's the way he sings. He sings it to the Maha Mantra. Hare Ramo, Hare Ramo, Ramo Ramo, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Be up and doing in yogic sadhana, you will attain supreme He goes on, he sings like this, right? But even see like that, he's taking even a simple song, even the song to give teachings, then he puts Hare Ramo, Hare, he teaches you how to do it. 
Right? He tells you what to do it and he also does it. Immediately, even the song is yogic sadhana. If you sing the song, you remember what to do and you're also singing the Mahamantra. Right? We up and doing in yogic sadhana. You will attain supreme bliss. Uh, uh, yes. <coughs> Simple things. So, his instructions are don't uh, debate, don't overly argue, uh, 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 read devotional scriptures, do act actions that awaken devotion, uh, 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 give up uh, uh, wasting too much, don't wait, and don't waste time. Right? This is the thing. Right now, what ver- these are some negative things? What not to do? Right now, what to do? We still have to develop some uh, virtues, right? <laughs> right, charitra. So, so, what are the things? What are the things we should have to develop? The qualities, the uh, tendencies we should develop. The sattvic qualities, ahimsa, satya, saucha, daya, astrika. Ast- so, ahimsa. Ahimsa means non-violence, right? Uh, satya. Satya means honesty, honesty truth, right? Saucha, cleanliness, cleanliness purity, right? And uh, what's the other one? Um, daya, compassion. Astitya means faith. It's one of the uh, less used words for faith or belief. Adi, and so on, right? Beginning. So many, these type of qualities. Doesn't give an exhaustive list. So we can fill in the list. We know what the quality is. We all know what we're supposed to, how we want to be. We all want to be that way. And we appreciate it when other people are that way, right? So things like uh, like virtues such as nonviolence, honesty, cleanliness, compassion, and faith should be cultivated. Right? These are we should try to develop. Even in Yoga Sutra, it starts Yama, Niyama. Right? Such, uh, ahimsa, and it starts, ahimsa, again, ahimsa, ahimsa is always listed first. Right? Ahimsa. There's a mantra in, that we chant in the uh, Kali Puja called Manasa Puja, right? This is before we do the external worship of Ma, we meditate her and we visualize her within. And then we offer, we, we, we do the same things we do outside, we do internally with internal offerings. Like for instance, instead of incense, we offer the pranas, right? Instead of uh, 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 air, we, uh, instead of a fan, we offer air, right? Instead of light, the candle, we, wa- we offer fire. Uh, uh, ele- different elements, we, the internal. But then, as it describes very poetically and symbolically and meaningfully, the, it gives the real meaning of the external offerings, what they really represent. But we try to do them internally. At the end of the mantra, it says, But then there are these five extra flowers. Ahimsa Parama Pushpam, it starts. Ahimsa Parama Pushpam, that the supreme flower of Ahimsa. Right? This is our worship, right? So we can worship, we are, we are, today I offered some flowers at Ma's feet, right? But that's okay. We should do that. That's also an activity that awakens devotion. But real worship is every time we behave with ahimsa, every time we choose nonviolence over violence, right? That is parama. This, this is the real flower. This is the supreme flower, right? Not just a flower. It's good to offer flowers, right? But higher than that type of flower, that means that Shiva is everywhere. Every time we're nonviolent, we're worshiping Shiva. This is the flower worship of Shiva. Right, every, so our diet makes a huge change, right? We choose a nonviolent diet. That itself is is is, uh, is offering flowers to Lord Shiva, the cosmic Shiva, right? And we try not to hurt. Nonviolence means the tendency not to hurt, right? What is it? The first, do no harm. Right? It's not the, even the the vow even doctors take the first of their vows, right? First, do no harm. If you can't if you can't do good, at least you cannot do bad, right? That's a big thing. Not not all of us have the quality to do much good. But at least don't hurt anybody. 
try not to hurt, choose the least violent option. That itself, ahimsa parama pushpam, pushpam pushma uh, indriyagraha, and then pushpa pushpa, many flowers of indriyagraha, and control of indriyagraha, control of the senses. So, uh, supreme flower of nonviolence and the flowers of the flowers we worship by self by trying to control our senses, right? Not unlimited sense, uh, uncontrolled senses, right? Ahimsa parama pushpam 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 indriyagraha daya pushpam, the flower of compassion. Jnana pushpam, the flower of knowledge or wisdom. Jnana pushpam, no kshama pushpam, means forgiveness. Jnana pushpam. Uh, Shiva Pancha, uh, Pushpa Panchakam. These are the five flowers. So the supreme flower of nonviolence, the flowers of of, of, of sense control, sen- controlling the senses, the flower of compassion, the flower of forgiveness, and the flower of wisdom, or knowledge. These are the five flowers, right? And the, the mantra, the name of the mantra says, these are the five flowers made of bhava, the feeling. It's a beautiful line. These are the five flowers composed, they're made of bhava, right, in the worship of Lord Shiva. Or we say Shiva, as Ma, the same mantra is there, you just change the A to A. Right? So the worship of Shiva, the worship of the divine, these are the five flowers made of, of, of feeling. So it means, so think about that, not just when you do puja, ritual worship, and come to the temple, you offer like that, but our very action becomes puja. Right? You choose nonviolence, that is supreme flower, that's that, if Ma likes when we give her flowers, imagine we give her the supreme flower of nonviolence, the flower of compassion, right? Uh, uh, flower of forgiveness. And these are very actually. I'm uh, uh, written a little something on this. I mean, I want to eventually. That's why these, this 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 mantra to me is very beautiful. It makes makes your whole life every every action can be puja. You choose. You can choose. Every action can be sadhana, right? This is also a way not to waste time. Right, You're up and doing becomes regular life. Also, right, everything you do, you make, you can, you can choose compassion. You can choose forgiveness, right, and uh, understanding. You can choose. Uh, basically, you choose every time you choose love. You choose a higher principle, right? You base your life on this. This is the highest puja. So, virtues such as ahimsa, satya, saucha. Ahimsa nabai, satya. Satya means uh, honesty. It means truth. Right? And so truth is very important. Sri Ramakrishna says that simply by following truth will attain God. Right? He says this is the tapasya of Kali Yuga. In Kali Yuga, if you simply don't you establish yourself in truth, that not only means not telling a lie, but being, but also finding, being, being uh, truthful, I mean, being established in truth, right? uh, uh, not in falsehood, and then you'll, he says that guarantee you'll attain God. One of his favorite lines he quotes many, many times of the Katulsi Das Ramayana. And I don't know the, it's there in the Katamrita, but I don't know it by heart, but I know the translation by heart. He says, Tulsi Das is speaking. He says, uh, If speaking the truth and seeing other man's wives as mother, or the, other, or the equivalent, means seeing, seeing something beyond your wife or husband or your own or your spouse as uh, purely. Not seeing, not having wrong attitude towards other people's wives and husbands, right? If this does not make you realize God, right? He he says, then let the whole world know Tulsi is a liar. The big so that if you know Tulsi Das Ramayana, he bases his whole credibility on this verse. Two point: if you look at other people purely, right, and you speak the truth, if you don't realize God, 
then reject everything I've written. Throw the book away. Let Declare boldly I'm a liar. Let everyone know. Sri Ramakrishna loved this verse. These are two very important teachings of Sri Ramakrishna. Right. Satya. So truthfulness is very important. It's one of the legs of, another point, the legs of religion. It says in, in uh, Dharma has four legs. Compassion, Daya. Actually it's interesting. Compassion, Saucha, Purity. Right. Uh, tapas, tapas means self-control. And uh, uh, Satya, truthfulness. These are the, um, um, did I get those right? Yes. Daya, Satya, uh, Saucha and Tapas Yes, uh, these are the four legs of religion it says in Kali Yuga three are already broken Whole the cow of relig- the bull of religion sits on one leg only and that is honesty if we lose honesty the whole thing will go right, very important Ahimsa, Satya, Saucha, cleanliness cleanliness means both all these mean external and internal Right. of course external Ahimsa is not to necessarily cause violence or harm to anybody but also not wanting to <laughs> that's mental or <laughs> that's another thing I'm pretty good I'm a, I'm a strict vegetarian I don't kill spiders but I have all kinds of nasty thoughts in my head continuously toward you know or you get frustrated and your mind goes that's still ahimsa and the mind has to be overcome right uh, satya we may not speak the truth but sometimes you can know what that means and saucha saucha cleanliness cleanliness means external cleanliness we should be clean and live in a clean environment and have clean uh, habits uh, uh, hygienic and but also spiritually clean is different internally pure uh, is, he, is he talking about cleanliness he is talking about purity both both things because he uses one word only so it always means in, in sutra you can, anything you can make it mean it probably means that it's only seed it, to give a, a higher uh, 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 to be unfolded right my Guruji always says like Saucha is also mentioned Yama Niyama Right? And it means cleanliness. Right? You have to be clean. You have to be clean. Right? But now yogis also interpret now okay, cleaning and means by water. How do you clean the body? With some water and soap. Mud, mud actually the scripture says so mud and water. It means soap and water, right? That's how you clean the body. That's easy. Right? But then what about and the environment you also clean the same way, right? There's different ways to purify the environment and have a clean environment, hygienic type things. But then then the yogis take it, the Hatha yogis also clean the insides. Through the through the uh, satkriyas, right? These w- different. I won't go into details, but uh, they're very unpleasant, but very effective. Different ways of internal purification, of washing out different um, aspects of the body, right? Very powerful. But even though the purpose of the of the kriyas these, uh, are not really just to purify um, the 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 physical body, it's to purify the nadis. Right, the so the nerve currents, right, the subtle currents. So that the yogis interpret that way. But then, really, you could be really. There's many clean people, and who may even be internally and externally clean, but their minds are filthy. That's the thing. So, but so, in mental purity, is something different, right? I can clean my body. I can clean my room, right? I can clean my diet. I can clean everything, right? I can clean my clothes, right? I can even clean my intestines. <laughs> I know the technique, right? And my nasal passages, right? And my nadis, right? But my mind can still be unclean, right? So we have much, uh, uh, and to habit of countless lives of selfish behavior, who knows what's there? Our Guruji, Swami Omananda always says that we have not only this life to struggle, we have millions of lives, right? And not all nice, saintly human beings, right? We could have been different types of animals, 
Right? We have the tendency, we have our animal tendencies inherited from countless birth. We have to slowly, by sadhana, these things are purified. Right? That, that we know this is the pure, the internal purification happens by sadhana. Right? So this is, so virtues, non-violence, honesty, kind of purity, saucha. And the mantra we discussed the other day, the mantra, I just told you one of the mantra, the mantra, this is another important mantra in puja. Om apavitra pavitrova sarva vastam gatoviva. Apavitra pavitro. Apavitra means unclean. And pavitro, clean. Or pure, actually, pavitra, better, better, more sophisticated translation is, is pure. Right? Impure or pure. Apavitra pavitrova sarva vastam gatoviva. Or in any other condition. Either work pure or impure in any condition. Yashmaret, Pundarikaksham. If Smaret, I remember Pundarikaksham, the lotus eyed one. Right? Lotus eyed one. It means Krishna or Vishnu, right? It means God, right? But maybe the song, the mantra is for Vishnu. If one remembers that beautiful Lord with lotus eyes, Smaret, um Apavitravitrava Sabhaya Bhayantara Suchihi. Bhaya Abhayantara. Outside and inside we become completely clean. Right? This is the essence of everything, right? So if one pure, impure, any condition, if we simply remember God, we become clean. The, the one with lotus eyes, right? the beautiful name, one becomes clean and pure inside and out. Right? That we say during Pushpanjali, Namo Vishnu, that's a mantra we chant. Om Namo Apavitro Pavitro, we all say it together. That's what we're saying. Because before chanting mantras, we always chant this this, And we go, Namo Vishnu. Namo Vishnu, because we're trying to remember. It doesn't say one who chants this mantra becomes clean and pure. One who remembers God becomes clean and pure. So this is the highest method. This is the internal soap. We wash the body with soap, we wash the mind with thoughts of God. Right, so this is a great secret, right? But oh, so what does this mean? Also, that means the sages uh, say oh, the mantra we do before that from the Ved, that's a that's a tantric mantra from the from the Vedas. We have Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Param Sarapashanti Sura Deva Chakshuratatam. Right? This is a purification mantra from the from Rig Veda, and it says uh, uh, the saints, the sages, the rishis, they see just like you see the sun. On a, on a clear sky, on a clear day, they see the abode of God just like that. Right? Think about that. I mean, just like we can see the saints, they see God just like you see the sun on a clear day. Right? So that's the fact. I mean, that that, that that's the, our real condition is there's only God, and the, it's like the whole world's flooded by sunlight. You cannot not see the sun on a clear day. It's impossible not to see the sun on a, on a clear day. Right? But that's, 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 uh, so this next mantra is meant to teach us how to do that. Right? That we should be seeing God at all times. It's the only reality. But the mind has become habituated to impure thinking. Either selfish thinking, that's called impure thinking, having uh, negative thoughts like that. But I think it's more fundamental to that. I think it's external thinking. All the religions say God is within, kingdom of heaven is within you, Jesus says, right? Right, but so, but the mind, the senses always go out, and the mind, by habit, goes out with the senses. Right, so we remember is that if one can meditate upon that Lord and internalize the mind and the soul on God and the soul, then one becomes that is pure, real purity. So then, bec that becomes externalized thinking is a, is a type of impurity. Purity is internal thinking. Another way of thinking is so many different ways. Ahimsa satya saucha daya compassion. 
and uh, and astika and um, uh, faith should be cultivated. Sarvada sarvabhavena nischintya Bhagavan eva bhajaniya. This is beautiful. Sarvada sarvabhavena. Sarvada all the time. Sarvabhava and all feelings, all ways, all moods, right? This chinte without any worry, without any anxiety. Bhagavan eva bhajaniya. Just worship Bhagavan. This is his answer. Whatever, like, and every time, and whatever mood you're in, with all your, what did Jesus say? It was uh, uh, when he was asked, "What's the essence of the scriptures?" He did not his own quote. He also quoting a famous. Jewish scholar also, but he says, uh, love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy life. Right? This is the essence. Right? Uh, so this is the same thing. Is in every way, without any anxiety, just worship God at all times. Just think of God all the time. Right? Just think of God all the time. <laughs> it's easy to say. <laughs> But, but it's also easy. To, that's the thing is, it's saying, oh, it's easy to say, but not difficult, e- not easy to do. It's so easy to do, right? The thing we don't do it is the problem, right? Think of God all the time. That will purify you. That will purify you, right? So it's not it's, uh, the process isn't difficult, but it takes repeated practice. And we realize we mess up, we forget, and when we forget, what should we do? Oh my God, I'm such a horrible person. I forgot God. Not like that. You should think. Oh, I forgot God. I can start thinking again. Ah, now I remember God. Wonderful. Just see. Whole day I forgot, but now I'm remembering. And you should uh, celebrate that fact, right? Um, <clears throat> thus glorified, sa kirtaya manaha, uh, thus glorified, the Lord quickly quickly, directly reveals himself to his devotees. If you do this, if you think of God all the time, with all your thoughts, all your feelings, then Sringaramiva, uh, 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 very soon, Avhir Bhava Bhavati, he manifests. What does he do? Anubhavayati. Anubhava. He gives you direct experience. Right. This is a secret, right? If you do this, if you think of God all the time, right? Being such worship, the Lord reveals Himself, reveals herself. The soul reveals itself, however you want to think of it, right? To his bhakta, to his devotee. Tri satyas satya satyasya. Uh, now this is interesting. Uh tri satyasya bhaktir. One should be devotion to tri satyasya. The, uh, the triune truth. Three, I mean three. Satya, truth. What does this mean? It could mean, two, two general ways to understand it, is that we should be truthful. If we're devoted to truth, one should follow devoted to truth in, in mind, speech, and action. This is the three. Or to the truth, Lord, the, the Lord, God, who's true in all three periods of time. That what, is, what, is, what is sat, what is asat in the scriptures? Asat means that what what sat what exists is that which exists in the past, that which exists now exists in the future. Most things don't exist in the three periods of times, 
right? Something's not so. Something to be actually true has to be existing in all three periods of time. So that that the absolute, the supreme God, is true in all periods of time. By devotion to that, right? Devotion to that eternal truth or that uh, the, the eternal truth is uh, eva garis gariyasi bhaktir. It is it is the it is the greatest, right? Devotion is the great, and it repeats it. Bhaktir eva gariyasi. Right? Devotion to the eternal truth is the greatest. Devotion is the greatest. He's coming to his punch. This is his big thing. Now it says, let's we can do quickly. Uh, so, how is it that we can think of God all the time, in all conditions, in every mood? Only if we get attached to God, right? And the thing is, God is so one. God is by nature amrita. So if 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 you think of God, you get some joy. You mean that joy gives you attachment, right? So there's a term here that's going to be repeated eleven times in this in this uh, verse. Asakti. Asakti means attachment, right? Asakti. Says guna uh, mahatmya asakti. When how is this done by attachment to his greatness, his great qualities? So if you think of all the glorious, wonderful qualities we have, we think of that a God has. If we atta- one of the methods of devotion is to be attached to that, right? Rupa asakti means beauty. Be it be it our attachment to his beauty, her beauty, right? Puja asakti, to be attached to his worship. We love worship. We love puja. This is my main method. I love puja. Right, right. Smarana asakti, to be attached to remembering the joy of remembering God. Dasya asakti, attachment to his service, to becoming being a servant of God. Sakya asakti, attachment to being friend of God. These are very sweet things. We won't go into them, but salya asakti, attachment to being to him as a child, like 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 uh, like Gopal, Ram Ramla and Gopal. Kanta asakti, attachment to him like a lover, like Radha, Rukmini, or Lakshmi. You know different different relationships of love. Atma nivedana asakti, the attachment to the joy of just surrendering oneself, offering one's whole soul. Tat Maya Asakti. I like that. The attachment to being full of Him. Right? You think of these are different wonderful flavors, right? Parama Viraha Asakti. And the supreme attachment to what? Parama Viraha. To separation. Right? This means that even this, that there's a, there, this is a, we won't, we haven't gone into this level of, of devotional understanding that the Vaishnava texts describe. Uh, um, that that being sep- the fee- the pain of separation is a very high form of bhakti, because you look at who are the highest bhaktas, the gopis, right? And their devotion became more extreme. They had union with Krishna, and then he disappeared, leaving them in extreme agony. And that agony, we even now, thousands of years later, we we in bewilderment we think about the agony of their union and separation. Right, union is one thing; separation is another thing. There's another type of love that comes from separation, being separated, seemingly separated from the one you love. Is another, so attachment even to that, right? Parama viraha asakti, rupekara api ekada ekada shakka bhavati. Although bhakti is one, 
it manifests in these 11 forms right so different type it could be not just limited, unlimited forms right there's unlimited and he just enumerates 11 right so our, our devotion that manifests it can come in any of these ways right somehow or another we need the term called ruchi taste right when you get joy in your love for god right then that keeps you loving god it keeps you in those activities and those in those relationships right <laughs> i enjoy being god's servant or being god's child or being god's mother uh, I enjoy worship, I enjoy kirtan, get that attachment, the feeling. Right? In the last two verses, and then the, 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 list, uh, the great devotees. Thus, unanimously declare, right? All the great saints have, have unanimously declared this. Jana jalpa nirbhaya. Nirbhaya, nir, nirbhaya means without fear, fear of. Janna Jalpa of the, the gossip of opinions of people. Right? So the great saints have boldly declared this in spite of what the people say. They don't care what the population thinks, what they say on TV or anything like this, right? With, with, without fear of the opinions of ordinary people, right? The teachers of devotion uh, say, such as the Kumaras, Vyasa, Sukha, Sandhya, Sandilya, Garga, Vishnu, Kaundilya, Shesha, Uddhava, Aruni, Bali, Hanuman, Bibishana, and others. Right. Thus, unanimously declare without fear of opinions of ordinary people, the teachers of devotion, all these great teachers, all the great teachers, they're saying only this. So basically saying all the scriptures, all the saints, all the teachers are telling you only this. Right. Then the final verse. Ya idam narada proktam. Ya idam. This only. What is this? Narada Proktam, these um, um, uh, 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 that this which is spoken by Narada, Narada saying one who 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 uh, accepts believes this these teachings of Narada. Shiva Anus, uh, what is it? Where is the how the separate Shiva Anusasanam, these auspicious instructions spoken by Narada. Right, one who follows with faith. Anyone who follows this faith, these auspicious teachings of Narada, right? Vishvashvati Shradhate, with faith and belief. One who believes what I'm saying and with faith, one follows this, right? Bhaktimam Bhavati, one becomes a devotee, one, uh, one attains devotion. What we're looking for, we can get, right? Bhavati, Bhaktim Bhavati, Bhaktimam Bhavati, Sa Prishtam Labhate. Sa prishtam labate repeats it twice. Iti, one attains labate. Uh, 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 prishta means the beloved, that which is most dear, right? So one, if one follows with faith and devotion these auspicious teachings of Narada, spoken by Narada, this is his end, his byline, right? This is called the palstuti, right? The declaration of the benefits of this practice, right? One who follows these teachings. Spoken, auspicious teaching spoken by Narada, one attains devotion, bhaktimam bhavati, and one attains the beloved. One, bec uh, one attains the beloved, the, the most desired one, God. One attains the beloved, he attains indeed the beloved. It says, labate iti, indeed, it is so. So this is the, the uh, glorious ending, but this is a glorious ending of, of this particular study. Now, it should be the beginning or inspiration for uh, regular practice. <laughs>
Right. What are these auspicious teachings? Uh, by following which one attains a beloved one, one develops devotion and attains the one we, uh, for whom we are hankering, the thing we actually want. Right. Uh, uh, so these are the uh, the the beautiful method is instructions are given, and may remember why we started this text originally is because Sri Ramakrishna said that in Kali Yuga. The teachings of Bhakti, Narada as taught by Bhakti. Bhakti as taught by Narada is the method. Naradiya Bhakti. Right? Uh, uh, Kali, Kala, something like that. In the age of Kali, the teach, Bhakti is taught by Narada. So, what is the gist of it? Actually, this love is selfless devotion, love for love's sake, without material ambition and desire. Right? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, and that develops by good company, by avoiding bad company, and develop and, and being in good company. What else? Uh, by dedicating all one's actions to God, by remembering God, by thinking by thinking His names, all the things we've discussed, right? Thinking His name, going to His temples, uh, 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 reading the scriptures, de- uh, uh, developing virtues, avoiding vices, overcoming vices. These are the basic by pure, basically by purifying the mind and heart. Right, the way we purify the mind and heart is by thinking all the time of God, with, uh, with all the mind, with all our mind, with all our heart, with all thy soul, with all you know, as Jesus said. Right, right. So it's not. Uh, uh, we think the the scriptures are very difficult to follow, but they're very easy. Right, but but we have to start someplace. Right, we have to start where we are. And so we start by remembering God, and by doing it. We this gathering. It's here Saturday night, and last. Hour, hour and ten minutes or something like that. We've you've listening to, you know, how we spent the last couple hours, right? Since six thirty, we started already, right? Most of us are here during the whole time, right? So, on Saturday night, right? So we're getting something. Of course, not. We we also cleared the room a little bit, but that's expected. It's Saturday night, after all. <laughs> that's the way it works, right? But you see that people come week after week. Why? Because they're getting some tripti bhavati. They're getting some satisfaction. Even they're, they're getting purification. That the thing is, yeah, we're getting pure. We're getting purified by thinking of God. Our our the the mind and heart becoming purified. And it's not that we get, not that we then get devotion. Devotion is our nature. Right, Sri Ramakrishna described it very nicely. He says, "Imagine a, ma- a needle and a magnet. The nature of the needle is to be attracted to the magnet. It cannot help it. It's just nature, right? But if it's crusted with dirt, right? You put a magnet right next to the needle, and nothing happens to the mag- to the needle because it's encrusted with dirt. As soon as you wash the dirt, immediately the the, the needle goes towards the magnet, right? So the nature of the soul is always to yearn for God. It cannot be." We come from we come from God. We'll never be satisfied without union with God. It's our, it's our we're, the soul is a desire for union with God. It's almost a definition of the soul, right? We want God. That's our intrinsic nature. As soon as slowly the the, the stuff that's closed our hearts off a little bit and uh, the mind and heart have become uh, our natural sentiments have become covered or, or, or uh, obs- obscured or obstructed. When those are washed away, immediately devotion comes, right? And so, by purifying the mind and heart, devotion awakens. Natural devotion manifests, right? And then, in a, it says, and when devotion manifests, the last verse, the beloved is attained, 
automatically, right? Because then the truth stands self-revealed in where there's devotion, right? So you don't have to get a God. We have to purify the mind. That's it, right? God's already here. Our devotion for God's already here, and God's already here, right? Only the mind. So, so our Guruji Swami Omananda Sanyas Guru, he he says again and again. He says sadhana. The only purpose of sadhana is manushuddhi, purification of the mind. There's no second. He says there's no second purpose of any sadhana. So is sense perception um, putting the cloud on the mind, <coughs> like whatever this external. Object. So that's one type of impurity is sense perception, right? Because we because we're the mind just goes out. That's one type. The mind's constantly going out to the senses, and and the senses by di- by addition limit our consciousness because the senses are the, the 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 senses are limited, and what they're perceiving is limited, right? And then our interpretation of that is limited. So it's going to be. It's not a perfect. So okay. in that, so that sense, it's an impurity. You can say it's impurity. Sami Ramdas. We heard his book. I remember in his teachings the other day. Yesterday he says that all thought is dirt. Right. It's not that, but not necessarily. He wasn't trying to be negative and anti-world. He says, but ultimately, he says that I'm, I'm, I'm using Ramna. I'm using the holy name of God to purify all the other thoughts from my mind. I only think of God, and then, then, in the pure heart, then the, the pure mind, God's reflected perfectly. Right. So he's purifying all thoughts by a divine thought. This Ramna. So that's one one thing, but it's also because of the senses we become our our material consciousness has led to material births, right? And material activities, and that's led to the world of karma and cause and effect. And so we have all these things coloring, all the seeds coloring our consciousness, you know, the vasanas and samskaras, right? But this is these are purified. So actually, that's a big section of Swami Vivekananda. Uh, he talks about how actually like like here's maybe now I'll read this real quick. It's just one sentence. Uh, by repetition, uh, somebody says we can now understand what is meant by repetition. It is the greatest stimulus that can be given to the spiritual samskaras. One moment of company with the holy builds a ship to cross the ocean of life. Such is the power of association. So this repetition of Om, or God's name, or God's thoughts, right? And thinking of its meaning are the same as keeping good company in your own mind. Mm-hmm. I like this. This is a way of keeping good company in your own mind, right? Japa is a way, I, that, that jumped out of me yesterday morning. Right? Japa is the best way to keep good company in your own mind, right? Because it purifies your samskaras. That's the thing. And, and it purifies the samskaras, and it awakens new samskaras. Samskaras, right? Uh, study and then meditate on what you have studied. Thus, thus, like will, this, thus, like will come to you. The self will become manifested. But one must think of Om and its meaning too. Avoid evil company because the scars of old wounds, wounds are in you, and evil company is just the thing necessary to call them out. Right? We have the scars of old wounds. That's an interesting. Swamiji's language is so beautiful. You know. The scars means our samskaras of our bad activities or bad things that have happened to us in the past. Even in this life, we can see, right? We had a traumatic experience. It doesn't take much. All it takes is somebody to say the wrong thing or stimulates, and it's all back. And now that's our reality for the next, could be the next day or the next year, right? The scar is that's not been properly healed, right? Right. So avoid evil company because the scars of our wounds are 
are in you and evil company is just the thing necessary to call them out. In the same way, we are told that good company will call out the good impressions which are in us but have become latent. There is nothing holier than in the world than to keep good company because the good impressions will then tend to come to the surface. Right? This is how the mind is purified. Right? Uh, to, uh, and so it's a thing because usually we think in, in modern psychology we, ha- we have to bring out the bad. And air it out, right? And there's some truth to that. There's a that's a, uh, that's also there in scripture, but actually, Patanjali talks about by sadhana, those old samskaras are burnt, right? So rather than bringing them out and having to deal with them, of course they come out and we have to deal with them, right? That's that's all. Everything has its purpose and its place, right? But better by constant repetition of the mantra and thinking of God and kirtan and like this japa. Uh, slowly, slowly, those that the power of, of of the name, the power of the divine thought, the power of the self, burns those samskaras, right? It says, and there's all these technical terms in, in, in the Yoga Sutra about seedless samadhi and with seed samadhi. Goes, these are all talking about how the how the very seeds of samskaras are then burnt by sadhana by repetition, and the good samskaras are giving are brought to the surface, you know. So, anyways, all sadhana. That's what Guruji says. All sadhana is manasuddhi. Uh, uh, uh. He says the mind actually. We have to be very, he says, very compassionate to the mind, and the th- thing is, sometimes we think we have to struggle and fight the mind. Right? Sometimes that's the attitude of yogis, right? And, and and we have to fight the mind. The mind's our enemy. We have to fight the mind. But actually, the mind's not our enemy, right? The mind is a divine gift given by God. It's an instrument, like anything, right? And, and Guruji says, actually, even when the mind goes against what we're trying to do, we have to know it's trying to help us. It's just doing what it does, right? Because I was, this has come from a discussion with him. We were struggling. He says, but Guruji, like something, we try to give a new direction, right? And the mind goes back in its old direction, right? It's hard to fight. He says, you don't understand what's happening. He gave a beautiful story. For example, he says, imagine a farmer, he's on a bullock. He, every day he goes on his bullock cart and he goes, you know, goes the, he drives a cart on the left side of the road and he goes back home at, from, the, from the field to his home. Every day like that. But one day there's some accident there and some damage due to flooding on that. So he, the, the farmer wants to take the bullock cart to this side of the road, right? To the other side of the road, right? And so, and then, so he, he, he gets the bullock cart and gets the, the, the bulls pulling the right, the right, the oxen pulling the right thing. And then he takes a nap and he opens his eyes and he finds it on the other side of the road. Right? Ah! Again, he pulls him to this time. This time he's awake, but still, every time he lets go of the, 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 the bulls take him to the other side of the road. Even that, that's where our samskar, the mind seems to fight. But even the mind thinks that's what he wants. The bulls are thinking that's where we're supposed to go. Right? Every day we go there, the, 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 our, our master's he's confused. We could have taken him where he should go, out of love for him. Right, so Guruji's attitude telling us that even our struggle, even when the mind's going against us, we shouldn't fight it. We have to train it. They don't doesn't know better. The bull slowly will be trained over many days to go the new route, right? But it, even the tendency to go the old way is the mind doing what it does. We start fighting the mind, then we become all kinds of weird complexes and internal struggles, right? It's training, right? We sometimes give the language of fighting and struggle and all those, you know, sometimes it makes sense a little bit to talk like that. But we have to fully understand what's the, who are we fighting? The mind's not different from us, right? It's our mind. Right, you know, it's like we've made, you know, it's like, you know, I've made my hand, my, I've made my hand my enemy. It's my hand, you know. It's only doing what a hand does, right? But by training, I can get it to do 
something different, you know, by exercise and training. Right, so sadhana is purification mind, but through training of see, and the thing is, the mind. There's no other way to do it but through the mind. That's the other scary part. Another uh, very interesting. I'm um, two important teachings of Swami Omananda. He really pushed on me last year. Right, that idea of the bullock cart example. Then he said the other one. He says, imagine there's a there's a uh, there's a dark room and there's a little hole, right? And a bird sees that hole. And goes, oh, what's maybe there's food and I can live in that hole. Right, and he goes in there and he find, and he jumps in and all of a sudden he gets trapped in this big dark room. And he's going anywhere. He's like, oh my God, where have I come? Right? What's the way out? That little hole. Right? The only way out. But he thinks, no, last time I saw a hole like that. It led me into, it was horrible for me. I ended up in this huge mess. Right? So I'm not going to go in that hole again because that will, if, if, if I go through a second time, it's going to be even worse. Right? He says, but not knowing no, that hole that he came in is the only way back out. Right? The, uh, 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 only way out is in, Guruji used to say. Right? Bodo Guruji used to, or Guru, uh, used to say. Right, so the mind, sometimes we think, oh, the mind has created this meth, I don't want to do anything to do with it. Right, but it's that same mind that will also get us out, right? We have to lovingly treat the mind gently as our dear friend, a proper instrument, but untrained. Like if, 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 if the if, if, uh, only way to get someplace is to be pulled by horses, and the horses misbehave, you can't just oh, you say, oh, I can't do it, the horses are out of control, I can't, horses are bad. The only way you have, that means slowly, you have to train the horses and let them take you where, because they want to be trained, they want to take you in the right place. They just don't know how to do it. Right? So the thing is, through many lives of selfish action and being lost in birth and death, we've gotten, everything's jumbled. Right? The reins are all jumbled and, are, and like this, right? But slowly, we get, we get uh, some hints from the scriptures and the saints and the, from the sadhus and other devotees, right? And slowly, 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 up and doing in yogic sadhana, not wasting time, slowly, bit by bit, compassionately, right? <laughs> Compassion not to only others, but to our non-violence, not only to others, but to ourselves also, right? Not to be harsh, gently, gently, slowly, slowly. One step at a time. One step at a time. Yeah, so one, one sadhu used to tell us, onward and upward. That was his, his uh, or sorry, even I used to say, nil disperum. He quotes in all of his books, in the 300 books. It's probably also in every episode. You know, nil, don't never despair. Bit by bit, you'll succeed. Our our Parama Guru, our Dada Guruji, uh, Yogi Raj Hande Baba, used to say that the the soul has slept a long time, right? Bit by bit, it will wake, right? Slowly, just be patient, right? But but be up, but also be up and doing. Don't waste time, because if we just roll back and go back to sleep, that's not the way to wake up, right? And, but it's, it's once you've woken up a little bit it's very hard to go back to sleep right that's the thing once devotees have awakened some spiritual interest it's not easy to forget right you know so that's our hope you know anyway thank you for your kind of attention it was a long class but a long book maybe we did very uh, long book of very short verses but each word is so and you could say if if you if any of you have commentaries on Bhakti Sutra, probably those commentaries bring up points completely different than what I brought up. Right? There's unlimited. We just according to the way the the way the sutras work, they're meant to be the uh, core uh, notes for uh, for uh, to bring up certain points according to your tradition. Right? So so we've spoken according to our limited understanding, both our limited understanding, but also uh, on our limited realization, but according to the tradition of our lineage, right? In the tradition of Sri Ramakrishna and our own, our own guru lineage, we uh, on the on this 
structure of the yoga of the bhakti sutra we're filling them in and presenting the the, 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 the teachings in this way Jai Sri Ramakrishna Narada Muni Ki Jai Mahamai Ki Jai Sri Guru Maharaji Ki Jai Jai Ma Jai Ma Next week something different We'll see what we do next week <laughs> Jai Ma yeah. You know how to turn the thing How to stop it